All right. Let's uh, kick off. Um, we invited for this short uh, briefing on international travel. Restrictions are, well, it seems like it's going up and down all the time, but uh, but in general, at least some colleagues are starting to to travel and perhaps also in the coming months, there'll be opportunities to to travel. So this was more of a, of a, of a recap of what are things to be aware of, what are good advices and uh, together with Sabina, we, um, we put our heads together and um, and and wanted to share the experience that we've had so far, and also what are the uh, what are the situations to be aware of um, as of now. Um, yes, yes. Uh, and also, uh, I think somebody needs to mute. Thank you. And uh, we are recording this, and then we'll we'll post this on the internet for others that uh, might be interested in just getting a, a recap on this. Sabina, any uh, introduction? No. Words or messages? Too. Too. <laughs> okay. Okay, All right. Do you want, should I do it or do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, cool. So we've broken this into sections. So the, the idea of this is that this is uh, applicable to people from headquarters who are traveling out of Denmark on shorter trips to other countries, whether you're visiting or doing an audit or something like that. Um, if you are going on a longer term delegate mission, there may be some slight changes, but this is sort of generic advice that we're giving everybody at the moment. So um, before you go anywhere, um, we suggest that you choose a flexible ticket uh, and be prepared for cancellations. We're still seeing a lot of scheduling changes whether that's because there aren't enough passengers, so the airlines are combining flights, um, or what we're facing now actually is that there are a lot of staff shortages, like where pilots and crew are testing positive for COVID, then the airline is having to cancel the flight at short notice. So it's not as bad as it was before because of the border closures, but certainly there are still some uh, cancellations happening. Um, so just bear that in mind when you're choosing your ticket through, through UNITAS. Um, we recommend that everyone is vaccinated for COVID, um, partly obviously from a medical perspective to, to reduce your risks, but also because it reduces the testing requirements that you face going to and from countries, and to some extent also the isolation requirements. So people who are not vaccinated are still having to do quarantine in a lot of places, which is just impractical if you're going for a short business trip somewhere. Um, we also suggest that you carry paper copies of your vaccination records. You may be asked to show these at borders, uh, at immigration. So um, don't just take a digital copy. We suggest if you can have something on paper to show uh, in case you need to do that, even at check-in perhaps as well. Many airlines are saying that you need to travel with a surgical mask, so not a cloth mask, um, and not the ones that have got valves in them. So basically, mostly the blue and white style surgical ones, or even the, the N95, which is the white one that has the, the sort of slightly stronger filter. Some airlines, particularly German and Austrian airlines, are requesting those. If you're flying Lufthansa via Frankfurt, then you'll need those. So we suggest you take those as standard um, if you're going on a flight. Uh, check the entry rules for where you are going. This is your responsibility. You either need to look it up online or you need to ask the, the country team that you're visiting. 
Um, if you're not sure or it seems complicated or confusing, you can either check with me um, or the team in country should have the latest information as well. Um, but obviously it changes very rapidly, so it's important to check it shortly before you travel as well, just in case there have been any changes. And then finally, uh, check whether you need to take any self-test kits with you. Um, some country managers are finding it helpful if you're traveling there that you can bring those kits on their behalf. Um, or if you're going on an EIU mission, for example, we'll be implementing that you need to take them with you to test twice a week uh, on that mission. If you're going to do that, you will need a budget code. So the country will need to pay for it or, or your, whoever is covering your, your travel. Uh, the way that you get uh, self-test kits from us is that you need to contact Mark Munkel in the warehouse. Uh, his email address is there, preferably with 48 hours notice so that we can get everything issued to you. And the rapid testing, they're available internally. We can give them to you as a single test or as a pack of five. Those are your two options. So just in case you do want to take those with you or the country team asks you to bring them, uh, that's the process that we need to follow. It's just we have uh, supply issues in some countries, so it's helpful if you're traveling that you could uh, bring those with you. Any questions? Johnny, can you keep an eye on the chat? Because yeah. I can't see it. Uh, yeah, I'm doing this. it and, and, and we also put some time aside in, in the end if you mm -hmm. should have questions, but no questions so far. Okay, good. Uh, when you arrive in the country that you are visiting, uh, our policy is that you follow the national rules of that country for whatever the COVID measures are. So to be clear, there are no specific global Danish Red Cross measures for traveling. We follow whatever that country says that we should do uh, in relation to testing and isolation and paperwork. Uh, in addition to that, we have found that a couple of national societies are applying stricter regulations than what the country immigration requires to get to the office. So, for example, in Haiti, the Haitian Red Cross says you must be vaccinated in order to come into our office. Uh, that is not a requirement from the Haitian authorities. So uh, if that's the case, the country office will be able to let you know. Um, it might be, for example, that you need an extra test before you can go into the office or something like that. So just to be aware um, of that as well. Uh, it's the minority. It's very few where that's actually the case. Uh, when you return uh, to Denmark, um, our principle, again, is follow the Danish rules. Uh, obviously, they are changing on quite a frequent basis. They've, they're currently updating them. We've been told that the rules at the moment are in place until the 1st of February, um, and then they will be reviewed. So that's the next two weeks. Um, so at the moment, uh, if you live in Denmark, you need a test uh, before you enter, or, or 24 hours latest after arrival. Um, the test before entering is uh, either 48 hours for a rapid test or 72 hours for a PCR. That's the validity period. Um, bear in mind that some countries require this as an exit requirement. So it's not as straightforward as just thinking, OK, I'll get my test after arrival in Denmark. You may actually need to show a test to exit. Kenya, for example, is still requiring that. So that's why it's also important that you check with the country team if you need anything to get out. Um, if you've been previously infected, you don't need a test. Uh, that is assuming you can evidence that you have had a positive uh, test uh, in the specific time period. 
Um, if you are coming uh, from outside, uh, from a COVID risk country, and you are vaccinated, uh, you will not need to isolate on your arrival to Denmark. That also means you can come straight back to the office. Um, that's because we're following the Danish rules. Um, if you're not sure, you can find the information here, the Danish authorities website. They're very good at updating it very rapidly and frequently. So all the current information is there if you're not sure. Um, questions? Nothing so far. OK, and then we just wanted to mention if you test positive whilst you are outside of Denmark, um, because this has happened quite a lot, <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, the principle is obviously stay where you are, as in in your hotel room or in your accommodation so that you don't infect anyone else um, and follow local regulations if there are any um, about what to do when you're positive um, the country manager can advise you if you're not sure. Um, basically, you have two options in this situation. The first one is that you wait for two weeks after your test result and then you're allowed to travel back to Denmark using that positive test result. They have a rule about people who've been recently infected. So if you can provide evidence of that positive test, in theory, you can then travel back to Denmark using that instead of a negative test result. Um, so it's just it just means you would have to wait an additional two weeks. Um, alternatively, you can keep testing until you get a negative test result. That might be worth doing because perhaps you've had a false positive or it might be that you test negative, let's say, six days later. Uh, and if the local regulations allow um, you to then be free and move around, that would mean you could then travel home uh, after, let's say, six days instead of two weeks. So those are basically the options that you have. Um, you will need to obviously inform your line manager because you're going to be back to Denmark late. Uh, and obviously also the country manager, because I assume you'll have had lots of meetings with the team and we need to do a bit of contact tracing. Um, you will probably also need to change your flights, in which case you should just contact the airline to uh, not the airline, the uh, travel agency Unitas to, to do that for you. Um, it's very important to say we will not fly you home just because you've tested positive. This is not a medevac situation. This is just an inconvenience. Uh, and to be honest, it's the reality of traveling these days and you need to be prepared for that to happen. Um, unfortunately, it has happened quite a lot. And if you have urgent personal or professional commitments shortly after your trip, you just need to bear this in mind. Um, in this relation to that, from, uh, yeah. Marie Chantal. Yes. Yes, hi. Uh, just a question on whether the option one, is that an acceptable or accepted option in all countries or could there be countries where they say, no, you need a, a, a negative PCR test before you can leave the country or enter the country for that matter? Uh, it varies depending on the country. So you okay. would need to check. Some of them will let you out. It, they have the okay. same rule as Denmark, basically, yep. where you can travel if you're recently infected. Others will say, no, it needs to be a negative PCR. OK, um, so unfortunately, it depends. <laughs> and then in terms of using Falk, uh, we had previously been saying that you needed to inform Falk if you had a positive test or that you could go to them for testing. What we're saying now is if you just require a test, we would prefer if you avoided using them. That is because every time we contact Falk, there is an admin fee for them to do that. 
And actually, probably someone in country or in Denmark knows where you can get a test. Um, however, obviously, if you need their help or it's looking particularly awkward uh, to get a test in some way, then yes, you can contact them. But otherwise, it's mostly an administrative issue. And therefore, we would prefer avoiding uh, contacting Falk if we can. Um, we would like to treat COVID like any other medical condition, which is basically that you escalate it to Falk if you are particularly sick or you require hospitalization or medical attention um, like you would with anything else, um, then yes, obviously get in touch with Falk on the line or on the email um, if that is the case. But but otherwise, I think we just treat it like that now um, and not uh, informing them for, for positive cases like we were initially doing at the beginning. And that's because we're really seeing very mild cases, particularly for people who are vaccinated. Um, and we don't see the need to like pre-warn Falk that you may later require more serious medical attention because we, we're just not having those cases. I want to be very clear that in all the travel that we've had since COVID has started, we have had uh, one hospitalization of a national staff member in one country who then made a full recovery. Other than that, we have had no medivacs that were COVID related. We've had plenty of other medivacs, um, but not COVID related. So I just want to be clear as well that, you know, from my perspective and a, and a risk management perspective, it is not the greatest concern. Uh, I still think it's more likely that we would need to medevac you for something like appendicitis or a broken leg or something along those lines, not for COVID. So just to kind of reassure you guys as well um, that that is currently the case. And we have done a lot of travel uh, since COVID started. So that should hopefully be reassuring. That's it. Uh, that's all I've got. <laughs> so if there are any questions, then we can take those now. Very rapid. Um, but that was what we wanted to say. Louisa is asking about Tanzania. Well, I'm answering Meta's question. Yes, sorry. Yeah, an example of a country <laughs> where you can uh, you can be required a negative test, even though you have just been uh, positive, uh, even if you have been infected and you have your immunity pass and blah blah blah. They yeah. still require a negative PCR test as yeah. just an as an example, but it also constantly changes for the countries. Yeah, uh, Sarah. Yeah, hi, thanks, Sabina and Johnny. Um, a question, um, does this approach also apply if it's a country where Danish Red Cross is not operational, but we're, but we're then there through a partnership with IFRC or ICRC? Uh, that is a good question. I would suggest that if they're hosting your visit, they should let you know what the rules are. Um, historically, the Federation has been stricter than us on the COVID requirements around testing and isolation but i think they are also moving to the approach of aligning more with what the national health authorities require um so okay. yeah i would check with whoever is hosting your visit if it's not one of our countries um and the same with icrc of course as well um the other thing i wanted to mention is that in some cases the red cross movement has been granted exemptions to specific quarantine requirements um, so, for example, if the national health authorities say you need to quarantine for two weeks in a national government facility, then ICRC and Federation have been quite good at pushing back and saying we would like to have an exception for Red Cross staff that they can quarantine in Red Cross premises. We have separate guest houses or flats where we can host. 
um, and it would relieve the burden on the national authorities and that has been granted. So it is also the case that in some cases we actually have a, a lighter regulation um, that's been granted to us, so which is helpful, of course. Um, Christian, yes, we will send out the presentation um, together with the recording. Um, did you have another question? Yes, I have another question. Um, it's uh, when you get stuck somewhere, so that can be practically that can be between two weeks, but it can also be if you need a negative test, it can be up to uh, a month or more, uh, according to the authorities anyway. So I suppose those uh, charges that uh, you will have, all the expenses you will have, will be covered by the Danish Red Cross. So what kind of, of uh, approval do you need when you travel? Because I guess here you need a, you need a, maybe more of a, of a management decision on whether you should take the risk is it worth it doing the travel or could it end up being extremely expensive for something that was maybe not that high a priority yeah i mean i think we acknowledge as an organization that it's going to happen and that trips will be extended and that there are additional costs associated with changing flights all the time and we accept that and that the country managers accept that and they know that. So I think on balance, our approach is still, we encourage you all to travel as normally as possible uh, and to do all the trips that you would have done otherwise, um, but acknowledging that there may be an additional cost somewhere. I mean, overall, we're probably still traveling less than we were in 2019. So actually in terms of travel budget, we're still coming out under. So I guess there's spare budget if you think of it like that. Um, but yeah, um, you don't need extra special approval. I mean, I think the country managers know and acknowledge that, that that is the case. I mean, just just to be clear, we haven't actually had that where we've had a lot of people test positive in the field. I have to say none of them have been stuck for more than a week or two. Um, so it hasn't gone beyond that period, actually, which is positive. Like they're all then testing negative quite quickly. I know there's a lot of talk about how long you can test positive on a PCR, but we actually haven't found that internally. We found that people have then tested negative quickly enough. So yeah. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? Seems that was just about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks Good. everyone. Well, yeah, if there's any more questions, you can approach Johnny or me and we'll do our best to answer them. Um, otherwise, happy travels, I guess. <laughs> Thank you both. Thanks. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.